This podcast is produced by Sunnydale Studios. Hello, lovers. Welcome to episode two of the Big Love Energy podcast. I'm Jessie Lou, your host. And today we are going to be talking with my first guest, Monique Harding, the relatable therapist on Instagram. Not only is she that, but she is my personal therapist who has done so much for me and so many other women and people that I know personally who just adore her as much as I do. So I can't wait for you to hear the gems she has to share today. We go deep. We go into facts and and steps that you can implement in your own life if you're looking for some inspiration in your healing journey. Um, and we just have a bit of fun while, while we're doing it as well. She is an absolute ball of light and I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. So let's get into it. Welcome, Monique Harding. I don't know why I have to use your full name, but I just look up to you so much and you're just, yeah, such a phenomenal woman. I can't believe you're here and we're talking. We go way back on a very deep level. Thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, look, when we talked about guests for this series, we just, I said, we have to get Monique on. She speaks so eloquently about real life things. She's so relatable, hence the relatable (laughs) therapist on Instagram. And I just think everyone in the world should follow you because amongst the chaos of Instagram and social media, you show up and shed truth bombs on real life matters of the human heart um, that literally can change your thinking in in a matter of moments. So I mm. think it's you're just such a bright light. So thank you for being you, <laughs> Jesse. Like I just got love bombed. <laughs> it is big love energy. The yes. podcast after all. Um, I I want to get straight into it um, today. We've got um, a few things to cover and I just feel like we're going to run out of time really quickly. So we're going to go into the deep stuff straight away. Um, I want to start by saying like when I came to you, it was around two years ago, just over two years ago, I had just left my marriage and I was a highly anxious human. Mm. I don't know if you can remember, but my self-worth was at an all-time low. I was pretty broken Um, and I remember saying to you, I've been processing all these things lately. Um, I suppressed them for as long as I can remember Um, and I feel like I've managed okay, but Um, I've just been self-healing just to survive and I just need some sort of clarity that I'm on the right track and I'm on my way to the end of this healing journey and we never fully end the healing journey it's a constant pro like process but for me I was so ready to be at that next level of my healing journey where I could move on and not be this anxious person anymore like my trauma was icky and highly complicated. Mm. Um, it was really hard to share. I wasn't in a relationship um, in my marriage where I could openly talk about it. It just wasn't a welcome conversation. Um, so it just sat there laying dormant and um, it caught up to me. And it wasn't until a few certain events and um, conversations I built up the courage to actually for the first time to talk about it to my girlfriends. They no one knew nothing no one knew knew about what had happened in my life and 
having those conversations with girlfriends, I was like, it's time to deal with this so I can not be anxious, not self-sabotage, not be a chronic people pleaser, not, um, you know, have this constant imposter syndrome and these voices and these shadows. I need to deal with this, not only for me, but for my kids so we can move forward and break the cycle. So I'm, I'm lucky that I had those people to sort of go, yes, let's start this process. What I want to start off with you today, what is some guidance for the listeners who might be in a similar position to what I was a few years ago that don't have that push, um, who have those feelings sort of bubbling under the surface but don't know where to begin? Where did they start? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that you saw that as a beginning because when I first met you, my impression was more that you were quite far along. Oh, my gosh. Right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Because you'd already made those steps internally within yourself, hadn't you? Like you'd already started to look for the answers. And I guess that's where I tend to see people in their journey is perhaps they've gotten to a point in their own healing or in their own processing. And then it's like the, I call it expansion anxiety, right? It's like you're expanding, you're growing, you're developing. And then all of a sudden you kind of hit all of these limiting beliefs and you start to feel more anxious than ever, procrastination, perfectionism, people-pleasing, all of the P's come in and then you start to outsource your thinking. You think, oh, well, maybe this expert will be able to validate that I'm on the right path or will it will be able to validate my next step. And I always think that my role and the way that I can best serve people is not necessarily through that direct advice or even that validation, but almost like guiding you back home to your own thinking and your own self-belief. Because as you said, like if you're in an environment where, or a marriage or friendship circles where there isn't that safe place, there isn't that safe base, that would be my first tip is try and find that somewhere, yeah. right? Like whether that's with a therapist, whether it's with a coach, um, even whether it's somebody on Instagram that you look up to that might have shared a bit of their own personal raw yep. story. They might not be the person that holds you, but often they'll link you with the people that have held them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. And yeah, social media can be such a awful place with a lot of noise, but yeah, sometimes in, in those spaces where you can just you can see yourself in someone's story and that's enough to take you to that next level. Yeah. And that's why, yeah, that's a great tip. And I, I think that there's actually, like I've worked with a fair amount of people who have profiles on social media or in the media and it's so remarkable how many referrals and recommendations I get from those people because people do reach out to them and they are generally so open to it yep. and so happy to support them, so happy to link them with good people who have helped them yeah. just in the hope that everyone can collectively exactly. heal together. We can all just grow into our best potential. It's, yeah, that's true. I, I think that's actually where I found you. I found, I've heard you on another podcast. Yeah. So full circle, but I was – you know, yeah, having those conversations and hearing you talk, um, yeah, who knows where I, I would, when you're so lost and so in your head about the whole thing and you're dealing with all these emotions, um, it's amazing that, yeah, I don't know whether you attract it, but like I, hearing you changed my life, changed yeah. that it was literally the next step in my healing process. And so, yeah, people can say, oh, you know, seeking therapy seems so clinical and you've got to go get a referral from the doctor and it just mm. seems like this big 
scary thing and it doesn't have to be. It can be if you're looking for the signs, like follow through mm. and, and it could be as simple as listening to a random podcast one Absolutely. day and it could be the next step into, into leveling up. So Because healing is never solo right? It's such a misconception. People think I have to go inward on this journey, but really you go outward to go inward. We're hardwired to be in connection, to be in relationship, to learn and be inspired by others. And so, as you said, like whether it's a podcast, whether it's a book, whether it's following someone on Instagram, often that will be the thing that actually propels you in your healing journey. Beautiful. All those things. Yeah. (laughs) I did. It was literally all those things. Um, yeah. So no, that's amazing. Um, definitely my turning point with you was my inner child work. I want to know, is this quite common um, for men and women to be holding on to something, a certain trigger point from the past that they're unable to move past? Um, and why are humans so good at doing that? Like, why is something which seems so instant, like just a, a minute moment in time or that trickled through time so can affect your present so much. We're meant to live in the present. Mm. Um, what happens if we don't deal with those shadows and what are the signs that your inner child needs some attention? It's so interesting this idea of living in the present, right, because what really comes up for me there is that we interpret and experience our present through our past, so our past is a constant lens, right? Like you come into this this studio today and we both sat on the chairs. Like I didn't sit on the floor and start rolling around on the rug thinking that that was the right thing to do. Like, it is a nice rug. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> but I didn't have to think about it, right? Like my subconscious told me that the chair is the right place to go. Right. So all of that thinking was happening beyond my conscious awareness. And that subconscious programming is formed within our first kind of seven years of life. Right. So that's really defining. Yeah. Like yeah. that experience that you've had in your first seven years, family of origin largely is, you know, the the environment that we're typically in at that point. That will hardwire all of our beliefs, how we interpret the world, what kind of person we're meant to be. However, then if there's been trauma or really heavy defining emotional moments in your life those memories are actually wired differently in your brain and a lot of people don't realize that right we just think that we have memories but it makes a lot of sense because if you unpack it our brain needs to know and well is designed to keep us safe And so those memories where we've had a big emotional response, whether it be fear, sometimes it's joy, um, sadness, they're going to take a higher priority in our memory system. And they're also stored differently in our body. So sometimes it will show up not necessarily as you, you know, consciously thinking that there's something wrong with you. Um, It's more just like this inner knowing or this feeling of I don't quite fit in here or I'm different or anxiety whenever you're in a social situation you know that they're really common symptoms of somebody who has experienced previous challenges or trauma in their life Um, and I guess that's kind of why it will continue to come up until you actually go back and process those defining memories because your brain doesn't know any better Mm. it's just trying to keep you safe and going well don't go back there so do this instead and be on guard and be hyper vigilant and people are scary and Um, you'd think that as you move on in life and as you get older that you'd have enough experiences that people are safe to override it. But unfortunately it doesn't work that way because 
your brain is developing in those earlier years of life, you know, zero to 25 for men and zero to 18 for women. Mm. So if some stuff's happened then, mm. it's likely that it's it will continue to affect you even if you're not conscious of it. But people go, oh, it's my personality. Mm. It's not really. <laughs> it's actually kind of what happened to you along the way that's formed you it into makes that. so much sense. And definitely I feel like personally I attracted the behaviors that I experienced when I was younger, I almost mm. felt comfortable yeah. being controlled and being told what to do all the time. And that was until it, until it got to a point where I was like, I wouldn't want, I don't, this is, doesn't mm. feel right. So that came So in. hard to get your head around though, isn't yeah. it? Because the familiar is safe yes. to the brain. Cause it's like, I've got a template for this. Yeah. I can do this. The healthy, loving, connected relationship where I'm celebrated, where I'm loved and acknowledged is unfamiliar. So I'm not going to go there because that gives me all kinds of anxiety. And I think that's where, you know, as I was saying before, like healing is never solo. You almost need that outside perspective to go, oh, like kind of check yourself. Right. Like, oh, actually maybe it could be different. Maybe I am in this like trauma pattern and I'm just repeating the past over and over again but without having that other you know information to bounce off to compare to contrast mm. you don't realize you're just in it being someone who's experienced that and firsthand and I'm still in it um and having being in a new relationship now where it's challenged my norm mm. in a really lovely way I can definitely say, yeah, even when it's something really beautiful, you like it's that defiance of like it's not my normal and it's almost sabotaging the whole thing and you just, yeah, it is it is a constant healing and yeah. it takes time. But now that I'm in it and on the other side, it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's it's been a very healing time being with someone that's challenged my norm and yeah. in a really beautiful way. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. To outside looking in, it would look like you're nuts. Why are you pushing against something that's like so good yes. for you? Um, but that would be quite common, I, I suspect. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And once you're out of it, I think then you can do that, you know, next level of work, like the work around self-belief. And so you're in a more supportive, safe environment, right? Because if you think like self-belief, if you have someone constantly telling you that you're not good enough or you've had that in your past and then you've, you know, been drawn into another situation which is similar it's going to be very hard for you to redefine that, right? Like you're constantly getting this evidence given to you that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. And I think sometimes like self-belief people talk about it in terms of like believe in yourself to start the business or believe in yourself to go and do this big investment crazy thing. But I bring it right back down to basics, right? Like if you have poor self-belief or if you struggle with your self-belief, then you won't call in happy, healthy relationships because you won't believe that mm. you deserve them. You won't treat your body well. You won't, you know, go and move your body. You won't have good spiritual, mental, physical health. It's those very like basic levels that really low self-belief tends to affect people. Oh, my goodness. It, that Perfect. You said that because it leads me to my next question. Um, I love it all. I'm <laughs> in heaven here. Um so I heavily rely on nature and movement to mm. help me on my healing journey. And I know that you're an advocate for this also, doing your Pilates um, and your walks. And your Went this side. morning. <laughs> Very good. Um, I just, I would love a summary of the happy hormones because, mm. you know, I call them ritual, like I, I call all the things that 
in my day to day, I'm like, I'm doing this ritual, but I know it's all things that are leading to those like dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and endorphins. And why is something as simple as, you know, a moment on the beach watching the sunrise or sunset, um, feeling the sand under your feet, Mm. um, you know, a beautiful view, um, moving your body, it can literally turn your mood around within half an hour. Yeah. Um, you can go from like feeling the weight of the world is on your shoulders to all of a sudden, oh, I've got this. Like how does that happen, that switch in that brain? Yeah. What's, how did, what is that? Yeah, <laughs> and so can we good. bottle it? Such a good question. <laughs> um, so I think there's a few different things that are applicable here. Um, and it's so interesting, as you were saying that, I guess the language that you were using, like I was just sitting here kind of visualizing it and I could immediately feel my own like emotions change and that like, you know, sense of calm within me. So the visualization of those things can even be powerful, right? It's just a little quick tip. Um, But in terms of, yeah, why these things are so powerful to our mental well-being, to our emotional, spiritual health, a few different factors. So one, yes, it's the, you know, the hormone um, aspect. So all of your your good, happy hormones that you mentioned before. Um, And I think just a really simple way to understand that is stop separating your physical health from your mental health. We call it different things because the mind is so layered, complex that we have, you know, specialists that have gone and studied this area Mm. for, you know, 10 plus years to do the work that I do. I've studied now for, I think, 12 years, like crazy (laughs) amount of time. Um, And still, I probably know like such a small amount in compared to what you could, right? So it's complex, but the things that are good for your physical body are good for your mind as well, right? <laughs> like the foods that you eat that nourish your body, nourish your whole body. Your brain is just another organ. Your mind is another organ in your body. So preach. <laughs> yeah, like rather than it being separate, it's just you as a whole. Like make it a bit more holistic. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, the nature thing though is slightly different. I think Yes, there's some, you know, I mean, like even it stimulates melatonin production, which helps with your sleep and there's flow on effects to all of Mm. that, which then impact how your body, you know, digests certain foods, et cetera. But I think more than that, and this is maybe a bit more of like the spiritual psychology side of things, but I think it offers us something in terms of perspective, like being connected to something outside of ourselves that's bigger than us, Mm. right? Like, I don't know, that's why travel to me is so powerful as well. Like when I go, I lived in Bolivia in South America for a little while and over there there's people on the streets like with with like bones sticking out, begging for money. My problems all of a sudden seem quite small, right? Like they're almost privileged problems to have. Whereas me living in, you know, my little suburb where I work and play and I barely leave Burley, (laughs) I'm – it's very easy for me to get inside my head and stay insular. So it's powerful, right? It's like this, there's this powerful energetic force outside of us. And yeah, I'm probably a bit more on the spiritual side of that, right? I think everything's energy and, you know, it almost transforms you when you are connected to nature. It's like another relationship that we hold, right? The relationship that we have with mother nature. Honestly. Yeah. No, I am so with you and being the poet that I am and my poetry, a lot of it is based on nature and tapping into that divineness that is out there and, and taking a leaf out of its book, pardon the pun, but um, it, 
<laughs> love it. <laughs> Geek life. Um, <laughs> it'll get you. Um, no, I love that. And I just, I, yeah, I can't wait to travel. I haven't, I don't know about you, but yeah, um, yeah haven't traveled post-COVID. So um, seeing everyone amidst their Euro tours is giving me joy, but also <laughs> making me green with envy at the minute. So yeah, look me forward too. to getting, getting I away. I don't know about the 24-hour the kind of flight with yeah. two kids under five. Yeah, no, oh, no. Like, am I brave enough? <laughs> am I? <laughs> no, not about that. Maybe Queenstown. Yeah. Close yeah. By. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, yeah, it's, it's so amazing. I just, whenever someone reaches out on in person or in Insta and says, what's, you know, give me some advice. I'm in a rut. I'm like, just simplify, go like step one, go out into nature, like get out yeah, and change your state. Yes, absolutely. Fastest way, right? Yeah, go like, look at that ocean if you're near it and realize the vastness of it and how, mm. how we're, we're little dots trying to just do our best. So, yeah. Um, so onto the next, I just more of a, like a Monique behind the scenes question because mm. I admire you for so many reasons but as as a businesswoman is probably top of the pops as well um, I absolutely love watching your business and offerings go from strength to strength you've mm. adapted to a demographic um, by showing up where we spend most of our time online um, making reels and doing them well <laughs> <laughs> um, and just sharing life-changing bombs of advice so you're reaching more people also by creating courses online yeah. um, and allowing yourself to break free from the usual limits that can happen when you're a one-woman service-based business so I just think you know because of your intelligence and your relatability you're obviously empathetic nature it's yeah, it's so lovely that you found a solution to share more of yourself to a broader, broader audience. And I just want to know at what point did you decide that that was the way you're going to go about things? And mm. um, how did you move past any fear of judgment? Um, mm. Being in the business of people's emotions, like asking for a friend, because I feel, yeah, I would do all my work for free if I could. But I know that, you know, I've got to sustain a business, but it's just one of those things that I just... I still have, I still struggle with like I, when I'm doing all this work for people in really big moments of their lives, I just, it's really hard to put a price on it. Yes. Yeah. So any tips on that? Yeah. I think the way, like, I guess there's a few different, um, yeah, trains of thought I could go down there. Um, I, I guess I, branch out into more of the group offering kind of space um, from a values-based position. I really believe in the power of community healing. You know, you're inside your jar and then you bring you in your jar to see me and sit alongside me and then I kind of end up in your jar after a while, right? So we're both not reading the label. Whereas if I can bring a community of women together to work on things like self-belief, self-trust, um, money mindset, like I, I so strongly want more wealth in the hands of women because I know wealthy women do incredible things with money. Oh we change generations to come. We change communities. And I've just worked with too many women over the last 10 years, Jesse, that are just staying so small because of limiting beliefs that they don't even realize that they're holding. Yeah. Um, so I've almost, I guess, taken like this past processing deep inner work and I've brought it almost into like, I don't know, like the entrepreneurial kind of business space to help women actualize their dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, I guess, like 
my business background combined with my therapy background that I've merged together, which is super exciting. And I, I've always been a bit of a disruptor. Yeah, like I'm the youngest in my family. Um, yeah, I've been like a bit of the black sheep, like always wanted to do things differently, been really curious. Um, and I knew I didn't fit the typical therapy mold. Um, I mean, I've got a knit on today, but I don't <laughs> wear cardigans. I don't have a scarf. Um, like, it's not like mama bear counselor over here. So yeah, I've already always really valued that power of relationship. And I think, well, if I'm going to work in the space of relationship, I need to bring a part of my relatability, right? I need to own myself and show my struggles and show my wins as well in the hope that then when I celebrate myself, when I show up in a vulnerable way, I give other people the permission to do the same as well. Absolutely. In terms of that exchange piece, um, I think this is really common in any work that we're doing, which is like tied to emotion, right? Mm. Which your work is, my work is. Um and I always think about it in terms of an energy exchange. I think, like I think the value and money is energy to me. Like the value comes when or other people perceive value when there is an exchange in energy. They, they, they invest more in the process. And it's also an act of self-belief, right? Like wow. that might be a bit of a reframe for you. Like yeah. if somebody is coming to you, they're like believing in the power of the beauty that you create you know they're trusting themselves to spend that money through that whereas if we're like oh you just have it for free like that really discredits all of that oh my goodness <laughs> my I'm having one of those aha moments over here I love it so um, Jessie's raising her prices everyone <laughs> Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, No, I love that. Just, yeah, no, it makes so much sense. And I would, yeah, no, I'm going to go and sit with my feelings after this. (laughs) Look at my website. No, no, it does. Like for me, um, nothing is more rewarding than actually getting the feedback from the customer who's happily paid. And they're just, I just want everyone to, you know, I just want to do everyone justice when they do put that trust and energy exchange into me. So for me, I think the more I build up my strength and, and self-belief and courage, I'm going to be more confident in what I'm putting out there. So I think Mm. that is part of my thought process. And not even the people that you're producing that for, like, you know, following you and, looking at yeah the incredible art like I will often share that with my husband or with a friend and then I will think of my grandma that has passed Mm. that pretty much raised me like you see how you bring families together in such a visual way like that is so powerful like Mm. so you're you know you're creating that joy for people bigger than just the person that it's Mm. actually made for as well thank you for that no it's it's good work (laughs) (laughs) I like it um I want to go into I I think that's that's enough from me question wise but we have a segment every week called love letters love letters We put out a question to the community um, and it was an overwhelming, there was a lot of responses, but they all sort of hinted towards that self-worth, self-belief vibe of where, like what are some tips on on improving like from the get-go, just self-belief when when it's not there. Yeah. And often I think 
people do recognize that it's not there, right? Because you'll start to experience comparison or, I mean, more subtly, it's that like perfectionism, like needing to like pacify yourself, um, not showing up as you should. But the majority of people I work with kind of have like a bit of an inner knowing that it's an issue for them. And it can be really hard to know where to start with with this kind of thing. Um, I guess I'd like to give a couple of different tips one would be more of like a systemic relationship tip and the other one would be more like something that you could do within yourself um and I'll keep it to two I could probably give 10 um because this is like my absolute passion area um but because I want this to be something that if you're listening to this you actually go and do right? Yes, please. Because self-belief is formed in the action, in the doing before it is in the thought, right? Right. So it's like we need to behave in that way before we will actually start to Mm. shift our feelings towards ourselves. I love that. Yeah. So super simple would be pick something that you can do every single day, ideally at the start of your day, Mm. so that then it's not like off and then we forget and it can be so small like I'm talking get up and do five deep belly breaths get mm. up and say three affirmations to yourself in the mirror get up and commit to even just putting your shoes on um and walking down the stairs or like going for a walk around your block if that feels like a bit of an extension but something you can do each and every day to show up for yourself because that actually starts to create self-trust right? Like we need to actually show up for ourselves consistently to form a foundation of what is self-belief. So that's how, I know it sounds really, really simple, but start simple, start small so that it's then sustainable. Because then from there, if you are starting to form some evidence that you're worthy, that you can show up for yourself, you start to trust yourself more. Mm. So all of a sudden, it's not the five belly breaths in the morning. It's like, oh, Monique's gone out and started a whole, started a whole new arm of her business, right? Like yeah. it jumps very quickly because yeah. it's that our brain's constantly looking for evidence and if we're feeding it in a really intentional way with that healthy, helpful evidence, then that will just build naturally. From a systemic perspective, relationship perspective, um, my biggest tip would be to be very careful who you share your life with. Mm. Yeah, and people often learn this the hard way, but think about the people in your circle who celebrates you and who do you feel really uplifted by versus who are the people that may just even like subtly question you, right? Mm. Like, and this can be so simple. I remember when I started my private practice, I was riddled with like fear, expansion, anxiety, like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. What if no one... Wants to come and see me, like, and I was leaving a government job. I was leaving a health government job, and my whole family belief system is around like, you work for the government, you've got a job for life, you're stable, you're secure. Like, my parents are a bit more elderly, so they've grown up in very hard times. So that you know, right. it's a safety thing, right? Comes from a place of love. But every time I'd talk about my work, they'd be like, "Have you got enough clients?" Like, are you sure that this is going to work out? You know, it's it's just that subtle kind of questioning, yeah. which now I can hold. Yes. Right? Yep. Back then, 
absolutely not. Would trigger fear back into anxiety, panic mode. Like all of a sudden I'm doubting myself. I'm relying on my husband to kind of step in and like be my logical thinking brain of what the reality is. Um, And so sometimes the person that is unhelpful, and this can be painful to realize, can be even the people that birthed you, cared for Mm. you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It might be like who you think is your best friend. Mm. That for that particular thing, because of their own fear, their own beliefs, sometimes it is out of a place of love for you, often more than not it is, um, they're not the people to share it with, yeah? So pick the celebrators, your cheerleaders, and keep them small. Sometimes that's like... That is your therapist. That is your your coach. That is your like group mastermind that yep, you're doing. That safe space. Um, yeah, yeah. Like and and you take it there until you've built up mm. enough of that foundation within yourself. And yeah. I guess across both of them, think about it as a build. It's not like I just start with the five breaths. It's like, okay, like now I've been showing up for myself with these five mm. breaths for a little while. Like what could I do next level? Yeah, that like, consistency. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, yeah, those two tips, honestly, looking back on my transformation journey, even um, I, I've had two significant shifts in recent years and one was when Rafferty, who's now seven, was one. I was in a rut health-wise. I hadn't been putting myself first. I was trying to build Louis Lux at the same time, raising a newborn. I remember, you know, having my laptop after giving birth to him in the hospital, telling because he came four weeks early, telling people, mm. oh, your order is on my desk at home. As soon as I'm home from the office, I'll ship it out. Mm. <laughs> I've got this premie. Um, and it just sort of within that year just can, rolled on. I just never got out of that back foot mentality where I was just constantly trying to yes. do all the things. And I remember it was leading up to Christmas post like, a year after him being born and I was just like enough's enough and it was just so simple rituals in the morning and I didn't know if they worked. I didn't know if having a shot of apple cider vinegar was doing mm. anything or sipping my collagen every morning and, um, you know, making my bed every morning if they really mattered. But for me it was like tick, tick, tick and it's that consistency and it creates motivation yes. and it creates like you become your own like goals. You're like, oh, I can actually do this. So it is, yeah. it believes, like you said, makes you – build that self-trust within yourself um and then yeah keeping your circle small like for me it was like yeah leaning onto you become I think that's why you become so friendly with the people at the gym you're Mm. all on this journey together and yeah for me at the time it was at f45 and I just really I lent on those I didn't look back I was there for four years and it then had a flow-on effect and gave me the courage to you know believe in myself going forward so um I there's so much power in those two very simple steps so yeah and I I think often like one of the biggest mistakes I see with people starting out on this journey is that they do try and go too big yeah like I think about everything on a spectrum right so we've got two extremes and if you're kind of at a lower end in terms of your self-belief don't go out and try and be the mo- and act like the most confident person, like engage in the most scary conversation that you could possibly have, right? Mm. All that's going to do is pendulum swing you right back to where you started, make you feel like a failure and, again, reinforce those feelings of not being good enough, I can't do this, and then we're kind of maybe even lower than where you started early on. So it is really those like small, incremental, consistent one to two percenters that make the difference over time. Amazing. Yeah, my 
every, with every order, uh, I send a little artwork. It says day by day. Um, oh, yeah. So that's, so yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer in baby steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good. Um, I'd like to go into another segment. Um, uh, prior to coming today, I just I asked you for your flashback fave. Um, every week, I want to ask one of my guests what's something nostalgic that just sort of gives us gives us a bit of insight in what shaped you to who you are. Like I I know for me personally, like I grew up with a mullet and two older brothers, and I used to wear all their hand me down clothes. <laughs> And it's very character building. Um, and I listen to yeah all the all the eighties greats, and and yeah. I still love that music today. So what's what's the favorite song or favorite movie or some a moment in time? Yeah, that young Monique that you just love, and you look back is also a little bit cringe. Flashback faves. I think it's even more cringe that I still love it so much now. <laughs> You saying that, I'm like, oh, like that part hasn't changed. Um, and I didn't like, maybe I was meant to go a bit deeper on this segment, but I think this really highlights that joyful, playful side of my personality. Um, and I'm a big music lover and I'm known for my, um, we call them dancing to lyrics. Oh. <laughs> Not the bass, not the beat, melody, like, the lyrics. The lyrics, specifically. Like, what they're saying, I will like come up with moves um, <laughs> to the words. So it's quite fun okay. at different events. <laughs> I need to see this. I still dance like that now. It's like, oh, it just brings me so much joy. It's like charades almost. Is it almost like yes. a mime artist? Okay, yes. that's what I'm envisioning. I love it. <laughs> and I think like... I guess from a music perspective, like my all-time favourite song that you would never not see me on the dance floor would be Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. Oh <laughs> and there's some interesting <laughs> lyrics lyrics to that song. So. Can we have a demo? <laughs> Absolutely not. When I saw the cameras, I'm like, oh, change your thing, change your thing. Nope, come as you are, all parts. Yeah, yeah, I didn't give Monique the heads up that this is all filmed. <laughs> yeah. Is that why you reference your purple sweater? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Hold on, she's wearing a knit like cardigan thing. <laughs> it's cute, friends. I like it. I um, no, oh my gosh, I I do love that song too in the Backstreet yeah. Boys, but I'm more of an NSYNC girl. Oh, yeah, it was either one or the other, mm. but yeah, no, back that that song is good. <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it after this, actually. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I think that's the perfect wrap up on uh yeah a really lovely chat I think we we fulfilled the purpose of of the potty in in talking some about some deep things and and having fun while doing it and I think that's yeah. just your your vibe as a whole I think um if we end, can isn't it? yes if yeah. just normalizing that everyone has their story everyone has their their thing and we just got to show up and do our best to to deal with it in a way that we can still keep propelling forward and and changing and breaking that cycle for the generations ahead. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Monique. Thanks, I'm I'm Jessie. I'm sure you've got a full day of helping people, <laughs> so I'll let you go. But thank you, and can't wait to chat again online. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, there you go. Just a little bit of light listening on your Monday morning. I am just a little bit rattled. <laughs> she really speaks to the soul, that woman. And I'm just so, I hope that you love that listen and 
and love what we're creating and and can understand what we're trying to do here. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm so wrapped in, in that whole conversation and a big thanks to Monique for coming on to today's show. Um, I can't wait for next week's episode, but before we get there, I'm going to do our weekly segment of Words to Live Your Week By. Words to Live Your Week By just a parting gift uh, for you to hold on to. Um, You never know what pops up throughout the week and if this helps you in your subconscious there, then then that's great. Um, I've actually borrowed some words um, of Monique's. I thought it would be fitting to use some of her wisdom for this week's segment because she is full of wisdom, that lady. Um, So this is just straight off her Instagram like it's no big deal. (laughs) Um, Here it is. You are not difficult, controlling or too much, nor do you need to slow down or do less. You are a woman who has big dreams, a woman who is connected to her inner wisdom. You are a woman who is boldly chasing after what she wants in a world that is still getting used to the idea that women can do that. Don't forget that. Mic drop. (laughs) She is such a champion of women and I couldn't be here for it anymore than I, I, I just feel like with women like her by our side um reminding us of that divine feminine energy we can do so much so bring it on i don't want just anybody let me choose you like somebody